Hello and welcome to The Secret Lair, the home of gaming and geeks. We hope you enjoy the show, and if you'd like to support us, you can donate to our Patreon. Hello and welcome to D&D 101. I'm Niall and I'll be Dungeon Master. <laughs> Connie is eating. Allow her some space. We'll just take... It's just... your turn. We're going clockwise. Uh, I'm Jordan. God. Thanks for coming. Uh... I was eating, but then you told me to stop, so now I'm very annoyed that Connie's eating. Because <laughs> I, I want to eat my rat. I took too big of a bite. I'm sorry. I can relate. I'm Matt, and I'm here to pretend like I know what I'm talking about. Again? Again. Thanks for coming back, Matt. Again. You you might remember me from waffling about halflings for about four hours. <laughs> and finally, we have... I'm Connie. Yeah. Um, I, I, I have a memory of a sieve, so I genuinely can't remember half the stuff you taught us about halflings. I just remember enjoying that episode very much. Great. Neither can I, don't worry. Great. I, I it's not the point of the podcast. You. <laughs> God damn it, Jordan. All right. Okay. Um, so... What we do on this show for you, the listener out there, is me and, and Matt, thankfully, is helping me out today, are going to try to explain to people with various degrees of knowledge of D&D a bit about D&D. And we are continuing with our character races, our player races, and today we're talking about gnomes. 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 Or as the love goods would call them, gnomblies. <laughs> well, all right, there we go. That can lead us into what do we think gnomblies so are. I've heard of gnomes, but not gnomes. So, <laughs> what, what, do you, what do you two think gnomes are? On, what do you know? um, well, you've got the one hand. Of, you've got one hand. We've got one hand. Um, gnomes have one hand. On the one hand. <laughs> no. Um, they're, the little, <laughs> they're the little chubby guys with red pointy hats that you have in your back garden. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I went um, to a restaurant yesterday. Yes. And uh, it was called the Treehouse. And this is not a plug. Uh, they had really, really large chairs. And when my grandma, who's 90, sat in it, <laughs> she looked like a gnome. So, <laughs> in my mind, my grandma in that chair is what gnomes are. I was incredibly worried you were going to say the restaurant was decorated with garden gnomes. And I was mm, like, that sounds I like a really stressful eating experience. <laughs> yeah. Or a blissful eating experience, depending yeah. on your... Depends on the facial expression of the gnomes. <laughs> Depends on your temperament towards gnomes as well, I suppose. I guess. Well, I'd love we'll to find out what that is. It's a little beaming gnome. Yeah, but you are an exhibitionist, so... <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so you've got the garden gnomes, yeah. a bit like Romeo and Juliet, you know, yeah, pointy yeah. hats, little circles of so blush small on their people. face. Teeny tiny. Yeah, small, teeny tiny people. Anything else that you'd think about gnomes? Um, well, again, they are in Harry Potter and they're very different in Harry Potter. Oh, yeah? Well, they're in Harry Potter? Yeah, they're, they're in Ron's garden and they have to, like, lob oh. them over the hedge to get them to go they away. They are little potatoes. Wait, is that actually in the film? Because yeah. I remember playing no, that in the they game. No, they cut it from yeah. the film. In the game, I was I was stuck on gnome throwing for a long time. I didn't have that game. Yeah, they look like to quote, they look no like game. potatoes. <laughs> potatoes with pointy hats. Ah, yeah, and they make it the angel on top of the Christmas tree one year by stunning it, <laughs> just dressing it in gold. Wizards in Harry Potter are awful. Yeah, just as people. They're just not very nice. Just one more reason not it. to enjoy Harry Potter. Harry Potter is very enjoyable. Yeah. It's shaming that we don't know who wrote it. <laughs> no, no, they they made some films and then wrote books based on the films. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They just expanded it in the books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you know you can only show certain bits in the films, and they had script notes that had been taken out. Oh, and, of course, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Jordan, what do you think gnomes are? In D and D. In D and D. Well, just you know, have a guess. I reckon Wild they're guess. like. I'm already regretting it. They're I right? Okay, I reckon yeah. that their heritage comes from a tree, and they're like little short, stumpy people that look a little bit like little trees. Okay. Mixed with a garden gnome. Okay. And they are surprisingly magical. Right. Connected to the earth. Okay. And are always naked. I'm getting a lot of like frozen vibes. <laughs> frozen. Oh, like the little trolls. Oh, what? Yeah, the little rock trolls. Little rock trolls. That's what I'm gathering from your description there. Hmm. I, the naked. I can't, I've seen the film. I can't remember the, the trolls, yeah. though. I, I like the idea that they're kind of just all of them are really merry. And then there's always going to be that one that's grumpy. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's very uh, nice. Like that's interesting. All right. Well, Matt, would you like to kick, 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 kick us off? So, <clears throat> gnomes are much more like halflings or goblins in the fact that they are just like miniaturized versions of humans to about three feet tall. Unlike halflings, gnomes can live up to 500 years, and gnomes have an inbuilt zest and love for life. Like, their entire stick is getting every minute out of every day and doing everything they want to do. Um, it's Kevin Hart. I, oh, <laughs> Kevin Hart's a really good show. <laughs> Kevin Hart in a party hat. There's your gnome. <laughs> and they are probably a little bit closer to Lord of the Rings halflings. They live in burrows, but they're also a community. They all get on with each other. They like the peaceful life. They like enjoying themselves. Sounds like. So, considering that the hobbits in Lord of the like Rings are halflings, <laughs> My kind of gnomes in D and D are closer to that archetype. Mm. Okay. Um, but I love them. Gnomes are so good. My favorite bit about gnomes. You can gain social status by telling a bad joke or a pun. If it's good enough that it makes everyone <laughs> laugh or groan, you can gain social status. So I've come prepared. Oh, yeah. Right. What do you call a gnome wizard casting spider climb on another target? I don't know. Spider climb far from gnome. See, I don't know much about D&D, but I got that because it's a Spider-Man <laughs> I know Spider-Man. <laughs> Right, yeah. so in the in the current podcast gnome hierarchy... He's currently top of the leaderboard. At the top. I'm not a gnome, so... Oh, I see. Special Nile. <laughs> not getting involved in the hey, gnome We got told not to call him that. The officer cautioned us. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez Louise. All right, guys. Um, so, yeah. No, I thought, uh, gnomes are cool. Gnomes are cool. Nately magical. Anything else, Matt? Oh, yeah. Like, there's, Keep going on. Keep there's going on. a bunch of shit about gnomes. I found as a DM, they are really good characters to give to relatively new players because you just keep saying, how are you enjoying this? What about this are you liking? And very quickly, they get into a very positive attitude. Positive attitude is really good for any game and it'll keep the rest of the party focused. So I love players playing gnomes. Personally, my gnomes tend to die very quickly <laughs> okay. when I play gnomes. I like to do the naive, curious type of thing. Like, oh my God, an orc. What is it? Maybe it's a friend. I'm going to go and say hello. Mm-hmm. Chop. I go, it wasn't a friend. <laughs> you know? Okay. Yep. So you actually do play that role, even though you, as Matt, knows that that's a stupid exactly. idea. Exactly. It's all about role playing. But um, no, yeah, just like the bedroom. are like really curious as people. I, I read a really fun thing in the, in I think, um, one of the books, gnomes being um, very like creative with their inventions. So they, they, because they're so curious and everything is about like, you know, what what if, what if, what could we do this? If they've already, you know, found something they've perfected, they'll find ways to make that easier. <laughs> so it's like the idea of creating an automated um, 
brush that also sings so it can lull you to sleep whilst it cleans for you. <laughs> that's the kind of thing that they'll make. In fact, that's just human evolution at the moment, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just comfort, creature comforts. So yeah, gnomes are as not nice gnomes are as well like the most technologically advanced of D and D races, as as much as D and D does technology. Yeah. Um like your standard gnomes, uh, particularly the rock gnomes. See, I wasn't far off. Gnomes had artificers before the artificer class was an official thing. They can build trinkets, little clockwork toys, music boxes that are great for distractions, fire lighters so you don't need to carry a flint and tinder because they can just build you a fire lighter in like half an hour. Um, and that was before the artificer class was an actual thing in D&D. So you I have make, no idea what that is. <laughs> we'll, t- we'll talk about that more when we get to classes, but essentially the artificer builds contraptions and that's their special thing. You know, like wizards have magic, rangers are good with a bow, fighters are good right. at fighting. Oh. Artificers build contraptions up to and including guns. Oh. A gnome with a gun. That's yeah. it. <laughs> gnome with a gun, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Particularly a cannon. A cannon. When you get higher up, you can build a cannon. It could be freestanding shoot, or shoot handheld. Fellow gnome. Gnome um, with a cannon, motherfucker. So it always makes gnome me, with a bazooka. Well, it makes me imagine the, the bazooka, Pirates of the Caribbean films. Yes. The little pirate with the blunderbuss. Whenever he fires it, he goes oh, flying yeah. backwards. <laughs> oh, yeah. That That's how I laugh. imagine a gnome with a cannon. Right. Every time. I, I love it. Well, fun thing I learned about the physiology of gnomes, which is funny. So, like, an adult gnome would be probably the same size as a 10-year-old, like, in, <laughs> okay. in terms of, like, height. But right. they are as dense as a human being. Dense? S- as dense. What, does that, what do you mean? So, physically. They, they could physically... Picking up them, somebody the same height as them is actually considered quite an easy task for a gnome. Because they're dense. Because they're so strong. Like, it's right, such a small point. So, like, they'll struggle having an arm wrestling competition with a human, but a thumb war. Gonna... Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they've, they've nailed the thumb war. The thumb war is their special, you know, it's their special capabilities. Like thumb war hustlers. Yeah, Just basically. go around the pubs, <laughs> pretending not to be able to have thumb war. Yeah. And then, oh, boom, big thumb. <laughs> but they're not. One, they're two, super strong. They'd thumb. probably find carrying a human, like, pretty, pretty yeah, average. Which is That'd be quite a, useful uh, yeah. in a... See, I thought them being dense would just make them heavy. Yes, that's what I thought. Yeah, but it also makes the muscles thicker and tighter, so they've got stronger muscles, essentially, for their size. I love how there's some kind of science and anatomy in this. This is great. (laughs) Yeah, I I thought it was fun as well. (laughs) Honestly, out of the two, I'd rather a gnome carried me than a 10-year-old because I get told off when I fall on the gnomes. (laughs) The 10-year-olds as well. (laughs) Depends if the parents love the 10-year-old, I suppose. (laughs) Matt's now gone up to uh, master class. Of, uh, oh, the hierarchy God, yeah. of the gnomes. Is that a dad so joke? Just or just chuckle. a bad joke? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Sorry, oh, when, uh, whenever I do Niles get the gnomes to carry me, also now gone up in the hierarchy. They just uh, they tell me they tell me to go away. In fact, what they say they say leave me a gnome. Uh, there you go. That's the bad pun. <laughs> that was. Awful. I'd like to participate, but you don't know what to say. Yeah, I was trying to figure it out as I was speaking. <laughs> I'm not going to try. <laughs> you were talking about the physiology of gnomes. Yep. To give Back you the, to the important thing. <laughs> We've said about the same height as a 10-year-old human. Yeah. They weigh between 40 to 45 pounds. What's that in kilograms? I'll find out for you. I just can't work in pounds. What? Google is... man Nile to the rescue. Pounds, 12 pounds in a in a stone. Is that right? 14, 14 pounds in a stone. I know nothing. Come on, Connie. 45 pounds is about 20 kg. Again. Oh, so that's like I'm like eighty, to me. just under eighty. I have kilograms. no idea. How so that's like 
A quarter. I have no idea how much anybody weighs. I think 20, 20 kg is like a small child. Okay. It's like picking up I'll a small child. I'll take your child. word for it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> put it this way. It's probably just... My baby's currently up to 10 kilograms, and my arms hurt after holding her for like 10 minutes. That's a because baby. she's big. Okay. You know what I mean? Like double the size of a baby is a small child. We're talking about like a four-year-old, five-year-old. Yeah. And you double that, you get a nine-year-old, ten-year-old. <laughs> and if you double that, you get a sad person with depression. Twenty-year-olds. <laughs> and a shit ton of student debt. <laughs> Don't remind me. <laughs> yeah, my two favourite facts about them are that they take pride in having wild hair. Like the messier, <laughs> the weirder the hair, the better. But well, everything else is going out your mouth. <laughs> but everything else is neat and trimmed. So you'll find, like, no, no males will have hair that looks like they've styled it from Doc Brown in Back to the Future. Okay. So, but the beard looks like it's trimmed by a professional barber and it's waxed and oiled and they can do hipster mustaches with it and everything. The clothing is neat and high cut and fits them perfectly and tailored. And the hair looks like they've been dragged out of a bush. So all like I'm picturing it. is a troll doll in a suit. That's literally it. That's okay. literally oh, it. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a beard. And a beard, Tri- yeah. A troll doll in a suit and a beard. Right. And, and a, a podcast. A gnome, if healthy and not killed prematurely by, say, me running them into a nest of orcs, could live up to 500 years. Those are my favourite kind of characters. I yeah. love it. They, they are... Just don't die. Constantly, like, happy and curious and looking forward to the next adventure, and they can live to be half a millennia old. Like, if, if I was an immortal, that would be me. Yeah. You know? I mean, Honestly, if you wanted to pick, like... Like, well. I, I don't want to spend eternity sad. Like, if people die, fair enough. But I love them. They're gone. I'm going to move on to the next people and love them and have fun with them now. <laughs> that's, and that's what gnomes are like. That's what gnomes are like. There's an interesting scene in The Sandman on Netflix. Where, Not watched it yet. No spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers. But there's just a like a cat. Like, there's it's just in one episode where. Sorry, we've someone's... revealed that there is a scene in The Sandman. <laughs> yeah, where like, he, he, he like he grants a guy a wish to like like live. Forever, yeah, and he keeps coming back. Yeah, to him, that was my favorite episode. Yeah, um, I wonder how it would have gone if he was a gnome. Probably pretty well. <laughs> More fireworks. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Other than that, the same. <laughs> what do you think then? Do you reckon you could you could fall into this gnome life? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, as as Jordan, sure, I, I'd be a gnome, but I, I'm currently not sold. Oh yeah, I think it'd be very interesting to play a gnome. Okay, well let's so, let's do some let's do some selling, Matt. <laughs> Rules-wise, they are relatively good. You get plus two intelligence no matter which sub-race you go for. So your gnome will always be better at investigating things and knowledge checks. And if you're a wizard, your spellcasting ability will be automatically higher than whatever you've rolled. Which makes them very good support characters. Roleplay-wise, I've boiled my opinion of gnomes down into four different categories. You either play the naive child, which is my favourite one. Absolutely fucking love it. The look on everyone else's faces when you go... Maybe the troll just wants a hug. It's just <laughs> great. <laughs> Have you ever had it where the DM, like, I'm assuming if you've guessed that, they have to, like, do a roll to decide whether that works? Yeah, absolutely. Have you I've, had it where that works? I've had a giant think my character was its baby. Because I just walked in and went, Mama. And the giant <laughs> picked me up and walked off with me. <laughs> I don't see how that helps the party. But Well, the next <laughs> session was the party rescuing me from the giant's cave. And we stumbled onto some treasure, which was what we were there to find anyway. So DM worked it in quite nicely to the story. <laughs> but yeah, I, got, I was a giant's baby for like an hour. It was great. So as someone who doesn't know like how, how that would happen, what do you then do 
in the sea. Like, like there's dice and stuff that you roll, which we haven't got to yet, Niall. Yeah, well, if we maybe if we got on with these fucking player races, we'd be able to fucking talk about what the dice roll means. But like, fucking nubbed. <laughs> the D. So the DM works that in. But then you're being held by a giant. So when you're going round the table, yeah. what do you do when it's your go? Don't do you like, how I investigate the... Whatever you can do in a giant's hand. Right. Have you, so you would... you... I think I know what you're asking. And yes, there was a roll to suck on the nipple. <laughs> oh, God. I didn't even want to know if that was... what. okay. Um, That's something by surprise. The, the, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's ha- not what I was thinking. The, the only thing I have to go on is kind of like in that episode of Community, which has now been probably taken off netflix it absolutely has um where they they split they go into different rooms and right, so yeah, if yeah. someone is if someone leaves the party they get taken to a separate room and the dm will come to the party go around the table and then when it's their move he'll go to that room oh really there's, more, there's loads of different ways to oh do it. i see like, right. it just depends on your dm's preference like for me i'd be like no you, you laid your bed now we'll all watch you get in and that that sort of thing is probably a question better saved for our uh D and D two hundred one podcast where we teach DMs how to be DMs coming yeah. out at some point in the future. I'll teach you. Oh, it's come out. It's already out. It's already out. Yes. Yeah, I like it though. Plug in, plug in our own podcast. That's what um, I like to hear. Yeah, as a DM, if I would say the DM in that situation, just sort of you can roll dice rolls. Like I'll roll a strength check to make sure you don't let go. Roll a persuade check to make sure she still believes you're her baby. Right. Or you can just role play it and just you tell the players what the giant is doing and that they are oh, you're being held in the arms. It's a giant. Are you stronger than a giant? No. You don't have a choice in the matter now. So fundamentally, my role is just to like stay in character. Yeah. And then it's more it's more like it's more like group storytelling, right? <clears throat> you you kind of continue the story on and then whether or not you do it is decided by fate. Like the <laughs> dice rolls are just fate. Right. What if you hadn't? What if you'd rolled low on your persuasion? The giant would know that you're not its child, and it would have eaten you. The story would be on that. a different path. Yeah. So it's it's always like, what? Well, what what would I do next? I don't know. What would your character do next? It's a story, so let's tell it together. Hence, right. why I, as a player, know that running up to a giant and going "Mama" is a bad idea, but my character playing as the naive child doesn't. So I do it because a it's it'll fun. be funny. The rest of the party will <laughs> have a laugh. The, it might be something the DM hasn't thought of, which is usually quite fun to try and trip up your DM. Um, and b <laughs> oh, is it okay? And b it's something Bring that it. I've Bring never experienced as a DM. So I want to see how they handle it. I want to see how it goes. I think it sounds quite good. Right. That's my preferred way to run gnomes. Naive child, curious about everything, not stupid, but always assuming the best. Only aggressive if they start it. Sort of character. Yeah. Number two is the trickster. You're okay there, Connie. You yeah, had a thought I then, just, didn't you? Yeah, I think that's that's how my partner sees me. <laughs> just I want to see the good in everybody. And he's like, yes, but you need to understand that that person's actually being a dick and you don't need to see the good in them. I see. Just that I'm, I'm a Just because you hope they're being a good person yes. doesn't mean they are. Exactly. Well, there you go. Maybe maybe this is the, maybe this is the cultural way for you. <laughs> for me to learn. <laughs> D&D. Nah. I'd actually be, say be a gnome just, and then, you know, we'll destroy your stakes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'd that. actually say never lose that attitude. That's a good attitude to have. I'll break it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> the trickster is my like the second idea I have for how to run gnomes, where essentially you play Loki. <laughs> where your motives change depending on the situation and what you think you're going to get out of it. You're never entirely dishonest. You know, you're not just going to immediately straight lie to somebody, but you'll bend the truth, you'll leave things out, you'll deliberately not give them all the information to try and curve what's going on in your favour. 
Um, it's a bit harder to play. It takes someone that can think their way around problems so rather than trying the direct end route. Goal as a the end goal for the trickster is to be like the most popular and richest one of them all, but also be well loved because everyone thinks you've earned it and you deserve it. Rather than being arrogant and cocky or violent and just taking what you want, it's a combination right. of manipulator and unpredictable. Um, I've done it. I've not done it with a gnome. I've done it with a couple of other characters. But sounds like a contemporary sociopath. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Well, it's, it's, fucking, it's Loki from the Thor films. He's literally a sociopath. But there's like a small child hiding underneath somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. My third like way to play a gnome is you you read up and you go full on ADHD. Nothing holds your attention for more than a few seconds unless it's threatening your life. You are into everything. You're curious about everything. You've got a new hobby every session. You know, you go full-blown clinical ADHD and just can't <laughs> stop yourself doing anything. You're right there, Connie. You feel seen? Just, I, I feel like I'm a gnome. I'm just being told yeah. I'm a gnome. <laughs> that, this is just ADHD. how I play them. This is not, okay. None of this is in the book. Oh. And then there's the fourth one. Which was the only one I had that lasted more than a couple of sessions and didn't get eaten by something. Sensible. Normal. No. <laughs> Agent of Chaos. Oh. Where, and you could do this however you want, you can deliberately pick the thing that is the worst thing to do in the situation. You can live everything down to a coin flip. Like, well, heads, I'm going to attack the trolls. Tails, I'm going to try to sleep with them. Flip a coin. <laughs> and let that decide, or roll a dice, and let that decide what you're going to do for the turn. So does that mean you're, uh, what's the what's the boxes, the square, the values? Chaotic, chaotic evil. <laughs> yeah, th- those things. What's that called again? More Alignment. like, more like chaotic neutral. Mm. Everything you do is out for yourself, and no one else really knows your motives or understands. And you're so unpredictable <laughs> that your own party can't trust you, because at any time you could turn around and See, just be like... that sounds quite fun. Actually, I want your gold stuff. <laughs> but also... It, Basically just having a bit of a laugh. Yeah, just, absolutely. Like, what will be the most fun in this moment, rather than I did, what you can gain from it? I did an Agent of Chaos Rogue, and I had to have a separate, like, text chat with the DM that was just, I rolled to steal blank from someone. I rolled to steal blank from someone with sleight of hand. I rolled to steal blank. And just every time any other character was near me, they'd be talking like, it's all right, we've got this. We need you to sneak through there. And whilst they're telling me that, I'm messaging the DM, I'm trying to steal his dagger. I'm trying to steal his purse. I want the ring from his finger. Because my agent of chaos was just like, I want, I'm klepto, I want everything. Just being the worst. Just being the worst. <laughs> and yet, so in you, combat. So I was while quite they good. were playing, while they were doing what they were doing, you were just there rolling dice. No, no, no. I'm telling the DM to do it. So we worked it out that the DM would roll the dice for me. He knew my stats and he would roll the dice behind the screen. So none of the other players would oh. know that I was trying to do something. Because the whole oh. point of trying to sneak something off somebody is they don't know. Yeah, I just thought that, like... How does that... Hey, Matt, why are you rolling dice? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, nothing. Go on. Well, no, again, because it's something we will eventually learn. But um, I was just going to ask how that affects, like, having turns. So you're not always in turns. In combat, you roll your initiative, which is your position in the running Mm -hmm. and that dictates who takes their turn when the things you could do on your turn are what you could feasibly do in about six seconds of real time so making an attack running away hiding somewhere if you are not physically in terms of combat it's much more free flow about what you can do when it's your turn when it's your chance to roll dice Uh, and that's when a lot of that sort of stuff was happening was when we were just talking as a party we were interacting with NPCs. That okay. would be when I was rolling the extra dice because I don't have to rely on waiting for my turn to come around. Okay, cool, yeah. NPC. Non-playable character. Oh, nice, Connie. Go. Nice. So they're your, your merchants, your store characters, your rescue victims. Everyone your who bad are bad guys. guys when we play. 
Everyone the DM controls is an NPC. Ah. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. You have your player character, I have my non-player characters. But, back and to dragons. gnomes. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> the cool thing about gnomes is that they have... Pardon me. They have, like, a literal... Bad gas? Yeah, they have, they have a bit of gas. Um, they have a literal, definitive, this is how we created, this is why, and that's it. There's no, like up for debate there's no like uh you know split factions which i guess is in some ways a little bit more simplistic with them um, with mm. gnomes but they were created by their creator gal glittergold that's sorry his name. no 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 gal glittergold <clears throat> that's f- far too close to gary glitter <laughs> <laughs> gary <Ooh>. glittergold <laughs> no it's gal glittergold gal and glittergold. he's the gnome god and he's basically like a gnome of creation, trickery, and all sorts of good stuff. His literal symbol is a golden nugget. Like he's all about them. What was that? Cereal? Is he the new Ronald McDonald? Yeah, golden nugget. <laughs> golden nugget. <laughs> golden nugget. <laughs> he's gonna be the face of the Happy Meal. <laughs> <laughs> but literally, he he saw he found these special gems on his travels as and his ventures throughout the multiverse, and he saw these lovely gems, and he thought, oh, this is what my creations would be born from, and breathed life into them, creating gnomes. And the first thing he did when he set his eyes upon his creations was tell them a joke and that pretty much set <laughs> the tone for gnomes into the future because that's kind of their reason to be is to be curious and fun and enjoy and be like their god i guess so where so when you say he breathed life into them where did what is them at the moment gems oh, like gems, he found right. these these certain gems and then the gems turned into gnomes, to gnomes. so he turned like you know how they say like humans are made of earth Right, gnomes, gnomes are made, made of, of gems. gems. That's kind of the idea that they're bright, sparkly, full of value, and pretty. Do you know what I mean? Wait, That's so are gnomes supposed to be pretty? Huh? Oh yeah, sexy oh. gnomes. Hang on, I'm picturing. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm picturing a troll so, doll with a suit and beard. You know, this, they're not that. This pretty. is the obviously the podcast people can't see this, but I'm going to show a picture round of the like accepted appearance of Gal Glittergold, which yeah. all the gnomes are based on. And he looks like this. He's pretty cool. Like, I mean, his entire suit is gold. He's got a fancy mustache. He's got like a waistcoat and a jacket. Like a Do you know who that looks like? Yeah, that looks like um, the Kenneth Branagh in Harry Potter. Oh my really goodness! Does. With a, with just what's add the, a massive mustache. Um, Gilderoy, Gilderoy Lockhart. Lockhart. Gilderoy Lockhart. Gilderoy glitter gold. <laughs> yeah. That is literally, literally just actually if you, okay. If you, yeah, if you take if, if you I had to cast Branagh. all the gods for the next D and D film, he would absolutely play the gnome, <laughs> the gnome leader. So he's the it's, god of yeah. luck and trickery, and oh, so he's literally a leprechaun. Yeah, so yeah. gnomes are leprechauns. Right, right. Well, yeah, in a way. Actually, yeah, that's a very, that's a very good comparison to Pot, make. Pots of gold and <laughs> yeah, gems and he's got he's he's kind of made a bit of a long-standing rivalry with another race of creatures called leprechaun called kobolds. Oh. So essentially, Gal Glittergold is responsible for trapping the kobold deity. In a labyrinth that oh, yeah, he, he can't escape from. He let and himself cop- get captured, didn't he? Yeah. And then escaped, taking down all the support routes that kept the labyrinth up so that all the entrances got blocked in as well. So the kobold god's just stuck in this tunnel now. And because of that, all kobolds hate gnomes. And kobolds are basically like little dragon people. So it's like this little... Is that f- something else we're doing? Or- yeah, we will eventually get to kobolds. I'll do like a big episode on that. 
Uh, a big episode. Well, kobolds deserve their own episode, like gnomes. But right. I thought that was just a cool little bit of lore that that's right. that's like something that to bear in mind is that they got beef. Yeah, gnomes are very like chill and relaxed. <clears throat> but if they see a kobold, then they're expecting trouble because that kobold will want blood. Right. Okay. It's like you trapped. You know what I mean? You're like the manifestation of the thing that trapped my god. Okay. And gods are very real in this universe. Mm. So the beef is real. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Got a gnome with a side of beef. <laughs> what about, what if like a gnome, like, doesn't like his god? Can that happen? Yeah. And then, and then he like, like wants to atone for his god. That's cool. And therefore wants to make friends with cold bolts. That's a character idea right there. There you go. You're welcome, people. Well, You're on your way to playing a gnome, Jordan. I was going to say, sounds more like you're closer to playing a gnome. Well, with that as well, um, gnomes are innately magical. So they have dark vision which probably help with all the mining and stuff that they do. Of course, of course they, they mine. <laughs> well, they've got to go for that gold. So they've got to get that metal from somewhere exactly. as well for all their little trinkets. <clears throat> and they're making a lot of different inventions and stuff like that. They've also got something called Gnome's Cunning, which basically makes them resistant to magic. It's so good. Yeah, any spells that affect intelligence or charisma or wisdom, they immediately have an advantage because... They're gnomes and Most they're spells that don't do a physical effect that do things like freeze you in place or make you confused or scared make you test against one of them to see if you can resist the spell or not. So gnomes immediately get to roll that test twice and pick their highest result. Oh, right. So okay. no, they're much harder to affect mentally than most other races. Yeah. And that could be said because they're innately magical. They're kind of like... Do you know what I mean? Either that or they're just so happy about life that it's really hard to make them scared because they're just like, <laughs> why would I be terrified? New friend. The, uh, <laughs> the stoic gnome. They, they <laughs> like speak the gnomish, of... which is written in dwarvish, but is, is its own language as well. That's a fun little fact. You say Polish. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Polish stoic gnome. <laughs> I genuinely didn't hear what you said. Fucking hell. Um... <laughs> Just, just very confused at why Polish would be brought up in a D and D game. I don't know. They they speak gnomish. Oh right. <laughs> but it's written in dwarvish. No, I have an idea of a gnome with like one of them typical bonnet hoods that the Eastern European stereotypes wear. It's yeah. Like oh no no, it's very bad day. <laughs> just a, a Polish leprechaun. Top of the morning to you. <laughs> Called Wukash. There is no gold. Government took it all. <laughs> um, so the language is called gnomish so it's not totally gnome it's just uh, a little bit gnome it's ishy gnome yeah but no one can read it so it's okay. very much it's very much <laughs> unknown uh, and again he's risen up the hierarchy <laughs> so like what would be full gnome a full gnome language no, gnomish is the language it's just written in dwarvish oh. So oh, I suppose that's the same as all of them elfish <laughs> It's Dwarvish. like it's like you know how when we write French, it's in English letters. Yes, it's in a different order. Romanized used, letters. Yeah, it uses romanized letters. A B C D E F G. When you say we write, write French, you mean the word French? Or? No, no. Like no, when no. you're writing in, in the French, French language, so you can write. You dumb fuck. So, so, so say like Korean or Japanese. They have their own alphabet, but Kanji, you can yeah. write them. Yeah. Um, there's three Japanese don't even. Fair so, enough. Um, they, <laughs> but they can be written Romanized, which is in, it's basically phonetic. Oh, right, so okay. it's like in our letters, 
So you could write Gnomish in English. You're not listening to what I'm saying. <laughs> Gnomish is written in Dwarvish. Ah, okay. All right. It uses the same runes that dwarves use, but and in a different order to spell words that the dwarves can't read. To the dwarves, it just looks like gibberish, like K-X-V-Y-D-K. Yeah. Uh, but to a gnome, that's a word in Gnomish. Yeah. Right. Is that because they don't have their own letters? Yeah. The, yes. To be fair, it's very gnomish to just nick your letters from someone who already has it established yeah. rather than spending the effort to make your own because you can spend that time drinking and having fun. They're not actually that mm. older race as well. Like, it was around the Dawn War that they kind <clears throat> of, after the Dawn War, they kind of came about because that's when the gods f- finished fighting the primordials and everything kind of chilled out a little bit. Gnomes actually first were created and resided. Considering they were created in the material plane, one of the first places they resided was in the Feywild. So that's where they probably get this sort of like leprechaun-y, <clears throat> tricksy history of behavior from. And especially like the emotional sort of stakes of it. Because in the Feywild, all your emotions are really hyper-actualized. Kind of like what we talked about with elves. So gnomes would be sort of native to the Feywild. They're kind of native everywhere. They're a bit of they're a bit of a go getter. They kind of live everywhere. <laughs> they literally gnomes. get hit with like wanderlust so powerful that if they don't immediately go and start on the road to somewhere, they feel ill. All right, because that sort of innate curiosity yeah. with the sort of innate magical being means that if they don't go when their body's telling them to go, their body's like, "Yo, we're just gonna like die now That's... because you didn't leave the country." They've kind of got like a chaotic. So a depressed vibe. gnome would be an interesting. Yeah, yeah, you could just play a gnome like, that's just like... Like, uh, like an Eeyore gnome. Yeah. Just keeps walking to the same four yeah. places, backwards and forwards. Nobody ever listens to me. <laughs> yeah. I've seen so much already. So, in a reality kind of perspective, if your brain just went, you need to quit your job right now. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm a gnome. Which is another comparison <laughs> to the ADHD trope that I said that you can play a nomad. Yeah, get your shirt off, Jordan. <laughs> get your shirt off. Yeah. Jordan's trying to do off his jacket. And his listeners. t-shirt has yeah. risen up. And I was I've got the body for radio. <laughs> it's getting hard in here. So, hard so take off all your clothes. I'm Gnome. getting so hot. <laughs> I want to take my clothes off. Beautiful. <laughs> um. It, we're on the known podcast, so don't push me because I'll just take all my clothes off. Because <laughs> I'll be curious. <laughs> okay. Anyway, and you, sure you should be curious this, too. What about what's underneath? Surely you should be embodying the gnome spirit. <laughs> Therefore, you'd like to see. Are you trying to get me to take my clothes off? Now? Is that, is that no, what's going no. On? You want me on. to take my clothes off? I feel like he's asking me to take my clothes off. Okay. I'm not going. Maybe to. later. Maybe later. It's getting a bit warm, to be fair. And they called it. No, no Mishla. <laughs> the fact that you both know exactly what you were going to do then is worrying. Greatness. Greatness recognizes greatness. Honestly, the, <laughs> the love for life from, for gnomes is just infecting all of us as we sit exactly. here and talk about it them. It's good. So should we talk a little bit about the subclasses of gnomes? I guess, mm, I guess subspecies. No. Like, another fact about gnomes, can't breed with other races. Oh, just hmm. don't. So you can't get a half gnome. They just don't. They just don't. Well, unless you or they can't. Cut one well, two. according to law, that's a they good can't. question. I I feel like I'll do whatever I goddamn feel like as a DM at the time. <laughs> okay. Do you know what I mean? What would a, what would be a good if a gnome could mate with another race? Yeah. Um, what would be a good one? I mean, I really want to see it. Or come on to see like the top half Arnold Schwarzenegger, bottom half Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> a real twin like, situation. Like, real I, think, I think it would just fall brothers. over but all the time. Yeah. Maybe. What's the film? What were their brothers? Twins. Brothers. It's called Twins. It's called yeah. Twins, yeah. right? Okay. 
Oh yeah, they do. My brain said Stepbrothers, and I was like, no, it's a completely different film. That's a great film. Good film, though. Compared to some of the other races, gnomes have fewer sub-races. There's only, like, four. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is always the bit in the episodes where I start to not zone out, but um, my mind can't remember all the sub-races. Wake up, motherfucker. (laughs) So if there aren't many, I might actually get to the end. If you're good and pay attention, I'll throw in details about the robot gnomes at the end. No. A little, a little, because we will come back to that properly. Wait, okay, you're going to come back to robot so gnomes? I can write down my yeah. favorite <laughs> Robot gnomes are technically their own thing. Oh, Jesus. So. Gonna, I'm going to die doing this podcast. You've got three. <laughs> that's the intention. <laughs> you've got three main sub-races of gnomes. The forest gnomes, literally what they're called, live in the forest, in case you couldn't tell. Really? They are much closer to the sort of fairy archetype of they are secretive, they are secluded, they do their own thing. They are friendly if you're trusted. And those that leave are happy right. to like interact with other people. <clears throat> but you'll be hard-pressed to find a, a village of forest gnomes because it's shrouded by all sorts of illusion magic. So the gnomes trust tricks. you if you're trusted. If they tr- no, no. If, you- if the gnomes trust you, you'll be allowed to see where the village is oh, and I meet see. everybody. I thought you just meant they would like be nice to you if they think you're trustworthy. I mean, they're nice to everybody, but they're, they're like thinking. they I'm are nice masters. Forest gnomes are masters in the fuck off, but nicely. Like Smurfs. Oh, passively aggressive. Like Smurfs. Yeah. and fuck off now. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say Smurfs earlier, yeah. and I thought, mm, no. Well, fun thing about these forest gnomes that are very much like Smurfs is that um, they also wear less clothes and care less about their hair and their beard, so they're just kind of like big balls of fur. Very druidic, very... 1970s very hippie commune. Yeah. Mixed with Smurfs. <laughs> nice. Okay. They're very fun. I think, you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of the vibe is, like, very outdoorsy, very one with nature. I'm struggling to picture a female Smurf. Um, Smurfette. Not Smurf. (laughs) Female gnome. Female gnome is what I meant to say. said Smurf too many times. But no, I know Smurfette. Um, Yeah. Think of that, but less blue. That's a Okay, but if the men are, like, really wild with their hair, are the women too? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Cool, cool, cool. Just crazy hair. Less beard and less mustache. Only if they want to. Yeah, yeah. So, forest gnomes are great. You get immediately when you take the race, you get the spell Minor Illusion. So you can cast little visual tricks, um, which really helps out for distracting people. Or if you're getting wailed on by someone that's bigger than you, you could be like, actually, I'm over there. Ah. <laughs> I'm making an image of you appear over there. Um, I could really do with that, like, while at work. <laughs> like, because then I could just look like I'm behind the counter. But then you wouldn't be doing any work. I wouldn't be doing any work. Nice. I could just go sit in the staff room, just <laughs> flick on minor illusion Jordan projection. Whilst people are like talking to you, like, like, okay, can I get a coffee, please? And you're just ignoring them. Just ignoring them. <laughs> and you're it not actually like touching there. anything. Yeah, better yet, or he just all he does is look up and go, no, look down, look up, <laughs> no, down. <laughs> just shakes his head. No. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Got you um, one in. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing forest gnomes get is they get plus one to their dexterity, making them more nimble, faster. That's that's always a good plus. You know, any positives to any of your stats can help direct your character quite nicely, both to the class that you want and in the way they act. And that's because, sorry to interject, but that's because the class, which we haven't done yet, but the, the class, what your class is, is dependent on the... I'm trying here. So, I'm really no, no. trying. Yeah, I think I know what you're trying anything. to say. <laughs> different like, classes use different abilities as their like most important number. 
Oh, okay. Does that make sense? So, so basically, your whatever your attributes are, the yeah. the pluses will help lead you towards yeah. which is the best one. Yeah, to. but don't forget that a lot of D and D is now being made more accessible, especially with one D and D and legacy content. Accessible which means open that, quotes. Yeah, which basically means that you can have a custom origin so that any of these numbers can just be put wherever you want, depending on what kind of character you want to make. If oh, you okay. want a Dexy character, you don't have to have the stats from a specific sub race. You can just optionally create it and have the stats wherever you want. Oh, I see. Right. If you wanted to play a forest gnome that wasn't particularly dexterous but was actually particularly wise, you could just throw it all into wisdom. Right. Or even strong. So yeah. Just throw it all into strength and yep. just take out everyone's ankles. It's great. I mean, that's yeah, you <laughs> are quite small, so gnomes are actually a little bit sh- slower. They're 25 foot speed rather than 30 foot like most creatures. But being um. creature size small, anything of size large or above has disadvantage to hit you because they're big and lumbering and you're small and nimble. So being small can help you in fighting trolls and bigger, avoid getting hit. So actually a fighter that's small... Oh can be a really strong character, both in physically with its numbers and how it functions, because it's harder to hit, doesn't need all that armor. It's cool. Hmm. Okay. And the final thing about forest gnomes? They get to speak with animals. So forest gnomes love animals. (laughs) They've got squirrels, chipmunks, cats, badgers, foxes, dogs, like hedgehogs, the occasional cat person that wandered in and got comfy. And they can speak to beasts. No, that's what nice. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be a water elf. And say. they can, yeah, they can speak with beasts. It just it's so exactly what it says on the does on the tin. It's a Ron Seal ability where you can speak to squirrels, you can speak to mice, you can speak to rats through gestures. Who it's is, not like you just speak to them; like right. you can communicate with them <laughs> using sounds and gestures. Squirrel whisperer. Yeah, I, yeah. Basically. I prefer thinking of it like Kronk from the Emperor's New Groove. Yeah. Oh, squeak, squeak. Well, I was thinking, what's the um? Who's the character? He's you if is you it the Hobbit? Up. Where the guy who's on the sledge, squeaky. Oh, Radagast. Radagast. Yeah. Is that is he a gnome? No. Lord of the Rings is complicated. Technically, he's at the same time an angel and a demigod. Right. And then, but I do know Jack knows about uh, Lord of the Rings, so he's probably going to interject now. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, hello. I've been summoned. Uh, hi, I'm Jack, the editor. Uh, and yes, I do know about Lord of the Rings. And uh, Radagast the Brown is an Aenir, uh, which essentially means god. He was created by, like, the big god uh, before even the world was created. He's not a Vada, which is, like, Morgoth or kind of more what you would consider kind of, like, the gods uh, of the Lord of the Rings world. But he's one of the subclasses, uh, the Maya, uh, which is like Gandalf and all the other wizards that you don't see. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, they basically covered that. I don't think I was really needed. Jordan, summoning me for nothing. Anyway, back to the show. Bye. But it's just sounding like that sort of yeah, Rabadas. Absolutely, like, like affinity Rabadast. with animals is a really good Rabadast. way to describe it. So that's subtype number one: okay. forest gnomes. Forest gnomes. Subtype number two: the other one you get in the PHP is the rock gnome, which is like you live on cliffs and mountains. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that where your mind went to? I just went to the rock. Oh, I As went to like, <laughs> you smell. Dwayne Johnson, went the rock. rock. I went to the SpongeBob movie with the Goofy Goober Rock song. I oh, want to rock. No, no, it's I'm a Goofy Goober Rock. I don't know the original. I well, just it's, know a, it's good that we had three different reactions. The original is I want to rock. Oh, is it? Yeah. I want to rock. But it's I'm a Goofy Goober Rock. You're a Goofy Goober Rock. Tick, tick, tick. Well, I'll go make a mess. Rock. Tick, tick, tick. 
Right, come on, come on, come on, come on. We'll just, we'll just play it out now, shall so we? Oh, Sorry, so I think I watched a different SpongeBob film. I don't remember. No, I don't remember. No, 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 no. There's two. There's, there's one that's all animated. And then there is my favourite one, where Antonio Banderas is the bad guy, and it becomes live action at the end. No, I don't want to watch that one. It oh, but it's really, really good. Weird. No, like it's honestly, it's really good. Okay, okay, but if you have you seen the animated one? Yeah. Oh, okay. Have yeah, you not I seen much the animated prefer one? the live action. I think I have. Okay. I can't remember what you, you guys are, are doing right now. Missing out. It's one of the I SpongeBob movie. To everybody is about it. The best movie. The the original animated SpongeBob. It's literally SpongeBob SquarePants. The movie. The movie. That's it. And it's it's not the new one. That's like what SpongeBob. Sponge out of water. Oh, Sponge out of water. Um, it's it's just it's David a fever Hasselhoff's dream. David Hasselhoff's in it. Yeah, and he's not called David Hasselhoff. He's just the Hoff, and it's. It's just cracking. It's great. Watch you it. call that a mustache? <laughs> so this the, is a mustache. The Sponge like, Out of one immediately. <laughs> the first half of it is just more of the animated SpongeBob film. It's an absolute fever dream into oh, the traditional fantastic. SpongeBob animation. Okay. And then actually the bit where they leave and they become the weird three D plasticini dudes. Yeah. Is actually just as good, but has some of the best joke writing I have heard in recent What's times. What's the one where they all become superheroes? That's it, Sponge Out of Water. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I, I've so, not seen it either. I do they play it realistically? Way. Like, there's a fucking sponge. No, it's yeah, SpongeBob, no, mate. That'd be really fucking funny. <laughs> they do, they do <laughs> in a the sponge and a starfish moving around on a stick. <laughs> they, well, they do in the in the SpongeBob movie. Cause that they that there's a bit where he gets dehydrated and he's just a sponge in pants. It's literally just a sponge, <laughs> and then they go to like one of those seaside trinket shops, and there's like all of the dried fish statues <gasps> and shit you can buy in like just starfish that have been dried out, and um, they literally just put those on a desk, and it's a sponge and a starfish. It's really good. <laughs> it's so good. It's a it's a really good film. All right, well. it's really funny. It's, got so, it's absolutely quotable. Now that we're men. <laughs> We have facial hair. Now that we're men, I changed my, my underwear. underwear. Who knew that just that, w- that was all that was required to get Niall to just totally sidetrack? It's, Do you know what? <laughs> I, look, I, I used to AB. You know, do you remember AB on a DVD? AB? Yeah. Oh. You just set a loop, basically. It would AB, AB, AB. It would start where you set oh, A, yes. and it would finish where you uh, set B. I don't remember that. And it just repeat. Vaguely. And I, I, as a kid, I used to know the SpongeBob movie. Oh, I did that with Spider-Pig. From start to finish, yep. I used to know every single line in that motherfucker. And my favorite... <laughs> I want to know, My favorite line from the whole movie is, they go to this club, the Goofy Goofy Club, <laughs> And they get really drunk on oh, ice cream. They, yeah, they have they like a sing, sugar high. Yeah, and they sing with a peanut. And there's like lines like, <laughs> so I'm with my best friend and this peanut. <laughs> and it's like, it's, they're like proper drunk on ice cream. And then at the, at the next day he wakes up hungover. And he's hungover, yeah. And he's like really hungover. Okay, and so I need to get to work yeah. to go see Mr. Krabs. Mr. Krabs. And literally, there's just this sound as his face deflates and he goes, <laughs> Mr. Krabs. And he, literally, he goes... Mr. Krabs and I'd A-B that so it just went Mr. Krabs Mr. Krabs Mr. Krabs because I just thought it was the funniest fucking thing in the world loop it loop it (laughs) I'm gonna be late at work Mr. Krabs is gonna be Mr. Krabs. Oh, it's it's yeah. I I've been telling so many people this in the last year alone. But if you've not seen bald, the SpongeBob movie, bald, 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 Scarlett Johansson's in it. Yeah, she plays a mermaid princess. Oh, does she? <laughs> the guy from Arrested Development plays a da- King Poseidon. 
Neptune. King Neptune. Neptune. Do you mean? No, it's not Jason Tim Allen in Arrested Development, no, is it? No, it's, it's thingy. Jason Bateman. <laughs> not Jason. His dad. Right. The guy who plays his dad. Right. He put, he's great in everything. Just watch it. I will. Okay, sorry. Sidetrack. Yeah, so, ended, sorry, Matt. I mean, to bring it all knows. back, though. Okay. <laughs> bring it all back, though. SpongeBob and Patrick are also really good examples of how to play a gnome. That's yes. sort of that character. SpongeBob would be my example yeah. of the naive really? child. <laughs> and Patrick yeah. would be the ADHD. Gay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I... So, uh, back, oi, to, oi, oi. <laughs> back to heavy guitar gnomes. Oh, I see. So you went with Niall's metaphor for yeah. not Connery eyes. Uh, no, sorry. So that's okay. It's fine. I'll get over it. I'm better than you. <laughs> I know that. Yeah. So the rock gnomes are the ones that get the alchemist stuff. Alchemist stuff, I said it again. The artificer stuff where they can make a little clockwork thing. Okay. Um, as a species, they're a bit more aloof. They tend to live like up the mountains and stick to themselves. But they are also the sub-race most often hit with wanderlust. So if you find gnomes around the world, there's a good chance that they are the majority rock gnomes. Okay. Rock gnomes. They are the ones that go off and explore other lands the most out of the species. Okay. They also get extra bonuses when they are rolling history on anything that is magical, alchemical, built by an artificer, or just technology in general. They get to add double their proficiency bonus, which is a set number you can add to skills you're good at. They get to double that number. So if I'm adding three to a skill check from my proficiency, because I'm good at thinking about technology. If I'm a rock gnome, I get to add six instead of three, mm. which can be the difference between a pass and a fail. Oh, yeah. And it's to represent you being very good at that, not just good at that. Does that rock, make sense? Rock gnomes are the sub-race that, like, in terms of legendary master artificers within the multiverse, it would probably be one of these rock gnomes. Okay. Like, they're, they're like... So they're just really fucking good... And making shit. Yeah, that's it. And they and like like they make magic items as like a whim. Ooh, okay. They're like constantly working on clockwork animals that can be as dangerous as they are loving. That sounds amazing. Peter Dinklage, Thor in space. That's a good idea. Yeah, 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 but smaller. Of course, he's a giant. And with probably with a better accent. <laughs> Is this was this in the new movie? The in, Frost. In... <laughs> I can't remember if it's in Ragnarok or if it's in, it's in Infinity War. Infinity War, yeah. Um, but his, cause thingy, his sister destroys his hammer, so he needs a new weapon. That's so he Ragnarok. goes into that's oh, in. So he has to go into space in Infinity War and meet giant Peter Dinklage, who makes him Is that his new weapon? Stormbreaker. Stormbreaker. Why are you copying my voice? <clears throat> this man is copying voice. Oh. Sorry. Sorry, I get excited when I hear Peter Dinklage impressions. <laughs> yeah, I did, did a whole host of people then, didn't I? My, my favourite Peter Dinklage quote is from Narnia. He's in the second movie. Is he? And, yeah. I mean, he's one of the dwarves he? that keeps turning up. Yeah. What? They, they all like Narnia movies? No, yeah, yeah. yeah Prince yeah. Caspian. He's in he's the second one. Caspian. I, I, so I religiously watched with ben, the first and second. What's his face? Ben Barnes. Oh, That's my goodness. Name. I would break up with my boyfriend for Ben Barnes. Wow. He's gorgeous. I would oh, get Jack knows this. Aww. He full on knows this. I would get a boyfriend um, just to break, just up, to break up, up with him for Ben, ben Barnes. Barnes. <laughs> wow. Anything well, Ben Barnes is in, I'd like. now, Connie. Yep. Um, ben oh, Barnes is great. He is fully aware of it. Ben Have you watched him in Punisher? But, um, no, but Jack has. Um, he plays Jigsaw in Punisher. <laughs> yes, I've seen clips watching. of him. But one of my favourite Peter Dinklage lines is um, he gets kidnapped by the humans who don't believe Narnians exist 
um, and they bring him out in front of like a war council to be like, look, they exist and they've stolen our prince. They're going to kill Caspian when Caspian was running away from his evil uncle. Um, and he just slaps Peter Dinklage for literally no reason. And he just looks up really slowly and goes, and you wonder why we don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just really fucking random and I absolutely adore it. Accurate. Like, delivered by just about anyone else, though, it would look petulant. But Peter Dinklage makes it look both funny and threatening exactly, at the same time. Exactly. Have you oh. watched him in Cyrano yet? No, is it good? It's fantastic. 100% would recommend watching it. What happened to your voice? <laughs> I really it's like... It's just my very excited Irish voice. I like it Does when I'm talking Irish? about movies. Does he play Irish? Is Cyrano no. Irish in it? Okay. <laughs> not. But just I really Andrew, like... Andrew Scott's just arrived. I know, Andrew Scott's a bit more like that. Oh, that is very good, Andrew Scott. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You're rubbing your chest while it's you do it. That's just... It's the way... Well, have you That's not just seen Moriarty. The oh, I've not seen Fleabag. Oh, we'll give it a watch. I give it a watch. Do. It's very long. Yes. <laughs> anyway, really like back it. to That's names. That's so spot on. I love it. I love it. It's my friend showed me a guy doing an impression of him doing poetry, and it's very funny. And <laughs> we spent we spent part of that evening just doing impressions of Andrew Scott. So, uh, yeah, it's very fun. I know who Ben Barnes is now. Yeah, he's good you just it. looked him up. Yeah. <laughs> Dorian Gray, Punisher, Narnia. He he's was in, in Westworld. Yes, he's in Westworld. Shadow and Bone. He was in Westworld. Oh, what the Westworld? He's, yeah, so he... <laughs> I love Westworld. He, he plays the, the evil friend that... He's the brother-in-law. He, yeah, he plays oh, the Oh, it's him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He plays the dickhead brother-in-law. He um, different. <laughs> just... He looks different to his uh, role in Prince Caspian. yeah. That's in, because he's an actor. Yeah. That's hair <laughs> he has and long hair in Prince Caspian. Um, my favourite, again, sorry, we're talking about Nadia. We are getting so sidetracked. Yeah, this he's, is a very He's got a Spanish episode. accent in Prince Caspian, and then so many people complained that by the third film he speaks with a British accent. Because yeah. everyone was like, please, can you tell him to stop? Because he's like, I am Prince Caspian. It's the 10th. And then by the end, by the third film, he's like, hello, Edmund. How are you doing today? <laughs> and it's just Well, I, I guess he's just spent a lot of time with English people. That's what happens to us. Got better. We do lose our accents. We do. That's true. We do. Yeah. The more I spend around you guys, the more I can feel myself liking mayonnaise and crumpets. <laughs> anyway, rock gnomes. That's, that's pretty much it, isn't it? Sorry, I wasn't I'm, expecting that. You caught me completely yeah, off guard. I'm, I'm trying to remember the whole pronunciation, but I can't because I was going to be like, all right, now you... Now you... But I can't remember how to say it properly. Exactly. Damn it. Ignorant white folk. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's been over two weeks. No, it's fair. Um, so, yeah, did we, we talked about the tinkering, the fact that they can create clockwork toys and fire starters and the art of Fisa Law. Did we talk about art of Fisa Law? Uh, yeah, that's the one where they get history on anything that's magical, yeah. artif- artificer, tech, or alchemical. And they're more constitution. <laughs> oh, yes. Constitution. The default is more constitution because they are hardy folk that live up the mountains. Yeah. They can take a bait in, basically. I found of the gnomes, these make the best wizards because wizards as a class are squishy. So having extra constitution adds more to your health, means your wizard just has that little bit extra bit. Glass cannon, Connie. That's like the the idea. I know you're seeing a squishy wizard right now. It's like <laughs> I a don't glass know cannon. What that means. So basically they <laughs> can I'm squishy. They they are great classes to play wizards. Okay. But you take one hit and you're down. Okay. That's yeah. it. You don't want them anywhere near the swords. <clears throat> You want them right. stood behind everybody else, Cast just like balls. lobbing fireballs and magic okay. arrows and shit over the heads of each other without ever getting near the near the pointy bits. They're right. not the front liner. 
Okay. They're not the one at the front going, charge. They're the one at the back going, yes, you, We should go forth and I will wait here. Actually, we need to clarify that in general. Um, my friend played a sword, <clears throat> a blade wizard or something blade called, singer. which is basically what if wizards could fight. Well, it's developed by <laughs> Elvish um, culture is um, blade singing. It's the art of working with a blade and magic and Ooh. music. Very you know, magic. like when you're singing in the shower and also shaving. Yeah, pretty much. Working and your you're weapon. a wizard. That's an image that's never. You've never seen brain. me in the shower. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think you're right. I think um, gnomes gnomes do lend themselves to being good wizards, or even yet better artificers. Matt's gone. <laughs> sorry, I'll continue this. You might caught me off guard. <laughs> you missed that. Sorry. Niall, I did that thing where I speak without thinking again. Okay, well, what did you say? Because I did miss it. I said it's like when you're in the shower and also shaving and singing. And I went, oh, I heard oh that. and you're a wizard. And I said, you've never seen me in the shower. <laughs> God, I don't know why, but it just... I don't get it. <laughs> I'm a wizard in the shower. But you've never seen me in the shower. Yeah, but if you had, you'd know I was a wizard. But you're I will never see you because you're a wizard. <laughs> but third, third gnome race. Deep gnomes. My favourite gnomes. Deep gnomes. Deep. Sorry. So deep. Hashtag deep. Deep, deep gnomes. So deep. <clears throat> if Jesus can walk how, on water, how, how can deep? he swim on land? <laughs> Hashtag deep. Right. Well, there's there's so many ways that this deep. Thing my favorite. Could go. My first of all, my my preferred term for deep gnomes. Sniff nibbling. Sniff nibbling. Taken from from the Norse. Sverf Niblin. Sverf Niblin. Oh, wait, you're not joking. No, no, no. this is literally, it's the hardest name to say. S-V-I-R-F-N-E-B-L-I-N. Sverf Niblin. Yes, Sverf Niblin. Sverf Niblin. It sounds like someone tried to say Smurf and Goblin at the same time. Sniveliblin. I think it's just a German saying Smurf. Nibbling. Nibbling. Well, they did. That Galgamor did want to eat the Smurfs. Who does? The guy chasing the Smurf. He wants to eat them the for their power. Yeah. That's why he's always trying to cook them. So he's wanting to I've nibble on the Smurf. I've only seen the Smurf film Smurfs was time, dark. And I never watched oh. the Smurfs. Okay. Well, he Real Smurf nibble. I thought you were talking okay. about you know, the history of D&D, and I didn't really talk about the Smurf. <laughs> no, no, we're talking about Smurfs, Smurfs mythos. Well, yeah. We have talked about many movies. You know, the extensive lore of Smurfs. <laughs> Smurfs, yeah. It's Tell very... me more about the Smurf Yeah, nibbling. Smurf nibbling. The Deep Gnomes. The Deep Gnomes. Deep. So they are the most suspicious of the gnome races. They are For like, good reason. Yeah, they are <laughs> underground dwellers, usually what's called the Underdark, which is like a secret civilization that lives underground. It's where the drow Well live. under everybody else. Yes, where the drow and the Duragar live. Yeah, yeah. Dwarves and elves um, that live deep underground. They do have that same sort of joy for life and kindness, but unless you are a member of their family or have become one of their trusted associates, you will only ever see gruff and grumpy. And again... Uh, and the other five dwarves. For good reason. <laughs> Like they live in the underdark, Don't where the pretty much treat everybody as slaves. Exactly. Yeah. Everything in the underdark either wants to eat, kill, or, or enslave, enslave you. <laughs> and and the rock, the deep gnomes are down there, living their best gnome lives, but are also like, we should probably not trust those people that keep trying to enslave us <laughs> and kill us or eat us. And this considerable stress has reduced their lifespan. They only live to about two hundred and fifty years, rather than the full five hundred that gnomes should. Which goes wow. to show you. Just shows life. you guys you can't Happy live wife. with tension. Yeah, exactly. Well, that or are the government statistics skewed by the fact that they routinely get taken prisoner, <laughs> killed and eaten. Yeah, the, the, being in the underdark is a lot more dangerous place to be. Your life expectancy in the underdark is lower. You know, it's like going out in New York wearing a gold chain and all your money and your phone and being like, yo, come rob me, come rob me. It's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Just doing that anywhere. 
Please don't do that anyway. Anyone, ever. Yeah. Hey, hey, you. Come rob me. me. Rob me. I don't care Come where on. you live. Somebody will. To be fair, that would probably put someone off because they'd be like, that guy is crazy. They'd be like, is oh. there a camera in my game? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, rob me. Rob imagine, if, imagine if somebody did just like twat you in the face and take your chain. Oh, right. And you'd be like, fuck. Oh, like, oh no, what have I done? Like, Why would New York do this to me? <laughs> <laughs> Betrayal. I can't believe the Democrats would set, let this happen. <laughs> Sorry, I've been watching a lot of American political news over the last few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, snuff leveling. So, if you don't take the, other, the the optional rules, if you take them as written, plus one dexterity, just like the forest gnomes. Mm-hmm. But they get superior dark vision, so they can see in the dark, but twice as far. Nice. And they get advantages on stealth checks. Um, mm-hmm. When in rocky terrain. When in rocky terrain, but the if you're in the underdark... I'm not being sold by the deep gnomes. The sniff gnomes. They are good if you want to play something like a rogue or a ranger. It's going to need to do a lot of moving around, a lot of like hiding and shooting out from cover. Also, if you want to know undercommon, because there's two basic languages. There's common and undercommon, and sniff gnomes, no undercommon, because they're from the underdark. Right. They are really useful... (laughs) They are really useful if you know the campaign is going to to at least partially take place in the Underdark because they'll know their way around and the DM will offer you like bonuses on history checks about the races that are down there because you come from a race that lives there. Yeah, might even offer some optional backgrounds. There you go. He said, waggling his eyebrow. Snuffin' (laughs) The last subtype of gnome... Like, I understand what you said now, where this just goes on forever, the subtype bit. <laughs> yeah. Luckily with gnomes, there's only like four of them. Don't, 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 don't tell him that he's got a point. That's giving him power. You have no point, Jordan, all oh, right? Oh, Remember okay. that. You are worthless here. Okay? <laughs> cool? All right, back to it. You're like, you're like a BBC quiz show made up to entertain people at five o'clock in the afternoon. Pointless. Ah, there you go. That's terrible. Yeah, I know. If I was a gnome, the hierarchy would go even higher, yeah. (laughs) Grandmaster gnome. I really am worthless compared to this, you know, this gold idle gnome over here. (laughs) This glitter gold. Anyway. Yeah, the uh, last one, they're exclusive to an area called Eberron, which is one of D&D's optional settings. That name. I know that name. It's one of those dragon marks we spoke about. Aha. You remember that? Yeah. 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 So there was a No, one second. One (laughs) second. Hold your fucking phone. (laughs) Yes. You remember that? Yeah, it's a dragon mark. What does that mean? It's the mark of the, the dragon. They have their own. <laughs> oh, fuck. A you fuck. Of I knew ones. you were lying. Go and on, Cardi. Then they bring give it home. Ah, uh, don't do this to me. There's a few different ones, yeah. and it grants them like extra power. And and yeah. Yeah. Do you remember? Down. Do you remember why? Because, uh. All right, basically to explain <laughs> this, um, every time we do a new character race, there has probably been a dragon mark, and I've explained this every single time. <laughs> Jordan's been here for every single one, I think, and Jordan can't remember any. Connie remembered quite a lot of information there. Hey. This is why Connie's my favourite. All right. Yay! <laughs> Suck it. Anyway, dragon marks are from the world of Eberron. They're essentially tattoos magically that manifest on your body because you're from a certain bloodline. That's how they pass down is bloodline to bloodline. 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 But sometimes uh, they manifest in people who aren't part of the bloodline. Oh. Yeah. So Not sometimes, the bloodline? Sometimes outside the bloodline, people can manifest the dragon marks. And there's another one called aberrant dragon marks, which we'll talk about when we get to feats. Anyway. Okay, cool. So for the gnomes. Yep. Their dragon mark is called the Mark of the Scribing Gnome. <laughs> and essentially... What's funny about that? What's funny about scribing? Essentially, in the world of Eberron, they're a combination of a cell phone service and postmaster. They handle communications. They can create what are called sending stones, which are literally rocks that act like mobile phones. 
If you have one and somebody else has the other, you can call them no matter the distance, sometimes even through the dimensions, depending on how powerful the stone when it was made, and talk to them as if you were stood next to them. Some stones can hold multiple connections. So you could be like, oh, number one is my mate Jeff in Waterdeep. Number two is that is dragon that we made what's friends What's so with. funny about this, Jordan? Jordan, <laughs> tell me what's so funny. I'm just um, imagining a gnome like picking up the wrong rock and being like... <laughs> calling his hey, mum. Yeah, like, he's, he's not answering. He's just, just talking into a little rock. It's, <laughs> I don't know why, it's just really making me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing that scene in Mean um, Girls where they have the like multiple caller, yeah. like secret listening in thing. I'm just picturing that, but like with gnomes being like. Um, it's know? more likely the Budweiser advert. Was <laughs> I? <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Um, but yeah, so, and the Sending Stones are great. The, the best ones they make are shaped like fruit um, because everyone loves a joke. So they're apples. Okay. And yeah. <laughs> Well, that's this funny, is but so it is ridiculous. funny. <laughs> I told you I, I have a gnome. A I have a magical stone that goes like a telephone. This is all rhyming. Oh, wait, was that an that. Apple joke? Yeah, yeah that was Right, a, that I was completely missed that. It's an iPhone joke. I completely the missed that. Oh. Yeah. Or the iPhone. The iRock. iStone. iStone. Um, and yeah, but essentially in the iPad, Eberron, the they are in charge of, of communication. Have you... Is there an, a name other than the drab dragon mark for... This. The mark, no. the mark, mark of, of the scribing gnome. Yeah. Just okay, cool. That's um, the there is a house. Mark. It's yeah. associated with a house called House Civis. S I V I S. That's a bloodline of gnomes. But the the bloodline is the dragon mark, as Niall explained, and vice versa. So everyone from the Civis bloodline will have a dragon mark of scribing. And the dragon mark's like a tattoo. Yeah, it's like a birthmark. Yeah. Right. I have ass mark too. Okay. Our band will be called Tenacious D. <laughs> No? Nobody's seen that? Just me? Cool. I've seen it. I haven't seen it in a few years. Such a good film. As with the other races, if you take them as presented in the book, you get plus one charisma because they're better at communicating and charisma in D&D is used to test your various communication skills. You remember that, right? Yes. Um, If they're ever making a check on history or trying to use calligraphers' supplies to write a letter, forge documents, something like that, they get to roll a D4 and add that to whatever they've rolled and they can choose to do that after they've rolled the dice, and after they've been told whether it succeeds, but before they resolve the outcome. So you roll the dice, go, Niall, I've rolled a 17, is that enough? And Niall will go, no. And I go, right, before you tell me what happens, I'm going to roll a d4, and now I've rolled a 19, is that enough? Now I might go, yeah, it is now enough. Okay. So before I find out what happens, but after I found out whether I've rolled enough or not, I can add a d4 to it. But you can only do that a few times before you've got to have a long rest and refill it. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like a limited use R, but I'm better at this. No, that's that's as many times as you want. Oh, I'm reading the other bit. I'm reading yeah, gifted scribes, you can do that as many times as you yeah. want. You get a bunch of extra spells, all the dragon mark. If you're a wizard or sorcerer or other form of spellcaster, give you a bunch of extra spells. Okay. And These... as a player, I never have to know like what dice I should be rolling. That's always a DM, is it? I mean, you'll eventually learn because you'll do it so many times. Yeah. Like, why, why would you sometimes roll an eight and then a... 10 and it 20. really just depends on like what you're trying to do so an eight and a ten <clears throat> very specifically is for a long sword so a d when you do damage with a long sword a d8 is with one hand but if you were wielding it with two hands you do a d10 oh, so right. it's good to know the difference quite often the dice you'll be rolling will be a d20 right um far often than far more often than not It'll be a d20 you're rolling. Yeah. Everything, all your skill checks, all your saves, all your attacks, 
everything, even if you're like, trying to avoid spells and that, that'll all be a D20. Occasionally, you'll get to add extra dice to that. Certain effects like this allows you to also roll a D4 and add the numbers together. Right. Um, all the nice dice. Most of the other dice are usually used for either dealing damage, taking damage, or depend. again, we'll get over this as we get to basic rules. You can roll dice to heal yourself whenever you take a rest, and the dice you roll will be different depending on what your class is. Don't worry about that for now. Okay. But, but that's the briefest Spells. Yeah. Spells with Mark of Scribing. Mm. Yeah, so you get comprehend languages which is great you cast it you can read anything and immediately understand it as if it was written in your native language um this is an incredible spell it's really really good to help read magic documents read secret documents all sorts of other things there's so many like the google translate of the DD. yeah literally but absolutely but with less did you mean (laughs) however i have played with the dm who treated it like literal google translate so if we wanted to read something that was on the document he took it put it on Google Translate, translated it into Italian or French, word for word as it was written, and then translated it back and gave us that. So sometimes there was grammar errors, sometimes there was words that weren't the right word, and sometimes there was words that it just couldn't find a replacement for because they didn't exist in English. That's very funny. Um, And that was great. That was a really, really good use because the language says you can read the language, but you can't necessarily understand how the grammar of that language works or how the pronunciation of the language would work. Mm. So things like, in real life, quite a lot of the sort of Eastern dialects that will use the same word, but the way you enunciate it and inflect it completely changed what the word means in the sentence. That would be struggled to be translated by comprehend languages because it's purely a visual reading the word medium. You can't speak the language. Yeah. However, if you level up, you get an ability called tongues where you can speak and hear the languages. Ah. You're like, ah, now I know what that word is because this spell now means I can speak all the languages. So whereas it said that this was a map to treasure, what I actually understand now is that this is a map to death because the actual word was reward that got mistranslated when we did the visual translation. Oh, we're all going to die. That's a legit bit that happened in our campaign. Right. (laughs) Because the word got mistranslated. Basically, all the spells that you learn as you level up are basically to do with communication. Like Matt says, it's all all like reading languages or understanding how to actually speak them or sending far, you know, far off stuff or even invading people's dreams to communicate with them. There's even silence is one of the spells yeah, you learn, which, which is, is great. stopping people. From if you're ever fighting an enemy wizard of any kind, casting silence is ridiculously powerful because most spells need you to say a word to cast them, along with whatever else you do. Exactly. And if a wizard can't say anything out loud, they can't cast the spell. The fucked in it. So they've got some really, really good uses. I found I've only played Mark of Scribing once in a DM that very kindly lets us use anything from everywhere. We didn't have to be in Eberron, and I played a rogue but i went for much more of a con man sort of thing that was all about trying to talk his way out of problems uh, and if anything ever went wrong he was more like right smoke bomb and let the fighter deal with it ah okay. you know um, and that was really good fun being able to do things like illusory script okay i'm going to forge a document by casting a spell that makes this look like a permit we can enter in an hour that's all going to disappear but at the moment this looks legit. so the level ups are a good indication well they're a good instigator to you as to what what you're going to have to specialize in as the game goes on. Well, so like, if you way. wanted to play someone that was bilingual and could, you know, communicate and blah, 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 then this would be a good one. Yeah. 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 Perfect. Like, that's a really good way to describe it. I, I use, I tend to read most of the class along with whatever it's going to get in future levels when I'm deciding on my character because it will give me an idea of, if I have them in my head, like a reluctant fighter, a pacifist that only fights when they have to. 
I'll look at all the various fighter disciplines and I'll be like, right, well, champion is all about hitting harder and doing more damage again. We'll go through this when we get there. Arcane Archer is you do a lot of damage, but you use a bow rather than a sword. Oh, but there's one here called Battlemaster, where on your turn, instead of doing something, you can give other people an attack, or you can heal your friends, or you can reduce the enemies to hit modifiers and things like that. That fits for me, the pacifist, because he's more about commanding everyone else rather than wading in himself. Right. Because he's reluctant to fight. So if I've got my an idea in my head of a character, reading classes and reading all the way forwards, particularly if you're doing certain sub-races as well and reading forwards on them, can really help you think that fits it so well. Right. Like I said, I wanted a con man. Initially, I was going to do a half-elf because they get to basically pick what they get to be good at. Um, but then I read The Mark of Scribing and I was like, oh, actually... This whole thing is about being a good communicator and being able to sway and manipulate people with your words and get messages across, and that fits a con man so much better. Yeah. So, as does it ever has it ever worked the other way, or have you ever come across things the other way where you're like, if you're going to play a gnome, then don't do that. I know you could do anything, and sometimes it's fun to go against the the. the... Yeah. So, I like to make characters that go against type. Um, I'm a bit difficult like that. I like trying to do things no one else has done, even if I know it's going to be a bad idea. For example, the half-orc that's a diplomat rather than a fighter. <laughs> you know, whose entire shtick is built up. He's a wizard, but his entire shtick is built so that he's not going to hurt anybody. He's there to control people, paralyze them, make them go to sleep, occasionally counter their magic. But he looks like a barbarian in a loincloth with seven feet tall and wider than Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. You know? I, I like doing this... Just because I like being different. Or I, like, I like to think I'm different, even if I'm actually not being very different. It's kind of what we talked about. The reason we're doing this is like so that you get the rules of how to play a character so that you can break them. Yeah. And but, with gnomes, it's quite nice because the rules are quite sparse. They're just intelligent, curious people that kind of keep to themselves. And uh, there's not many of them. Um, I can't remember when we first learned about the dragon marks. Can you be any of the sub-races and have the dragon no. mark. Only certain sub-races have access to certain dragon marks. Okay. So only like halflings <clears throat> can be a certain kind of dragon mark. Only any of these dragon marks have to be gnomes. Orcs have a specific one. Dwarves have no, a specific one. No, no, no. That, sorry, that's not what I was meaning. I was meaning like forest elf, uh, forest name with a dragon mark. Or no, so yeah. Dragon mark. The you, dragon mark's its yeah. own sub-race. Okay. Yeah, you choose the dragon mark instead of choosing forest gnome or deep gnome or anything like that. Okay. Yeah, but you still get dark vision. You still get yeah. You still get the basic bonuses of being a gnome. You just can't get the extra specialization of being a rock gnome as well as a dragon mark. It's like the kind of gnome you are. The 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 mark the mark gnomes are basically from a specific bloodline. Yeah, the best way to think about it, or from a new bloodline that's just appeared. Bloodline. Oh, so so the so the dragon mark is a sub race in and of itself. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like a very specific family. Of gnomes. Very specific family of gnomes. They all all know each other. (laughs) They're all friends. But yeah. And they talk to each other through a rock. (laughs) That's gnomes. Through the eye stone. Mm, Through the eye stone. The eye stone. How do you you feel after the end of that? Do you feel a bit more gnome inspired? Uh, No. No, ah, very good, very good. Is he just not feeling the gnomes for you as a um, person? Well, no, to be fair, I mean, they, they sound like a, like fun, but I, I definitely don't think I'll probably do that first. Mm. I think I just want to, like, you know, like, get a sword and a Hit bow stuff. and stuff. You can be a gnome things. with a sword. Yeah, a but 
I don't, I don't know. We'll see. We'll you see. just don't see yourself as a gnome. I don't. I, I've never played a gnome. I just don't, oh, see, you don't see myself. Oh, as a gnome. No, you no. I, I know what you mean by, like, it's not drawing to you. Like, I've never been like, oh, you know what? I really want to play a gnome. I love playing them as NPCs, but as, like, a player character, I think other... I like... I prefer other player races. I reckon if I got... Once I understood what I was doing, I'd enjoy playing a gnome because I think there'd be a good uh, race to... Role play, yeah. To, to basically, like, break the the stereotype with them. Yeah, I agree. But that that's why which I is like kind of what yeah. you said you did. Um which is the same as I said when I was on with Halfflix. I like to play the races and and go a little bit against type, try and use them in ways that at least I've never seen them being used even if other people have done it. I've never seen it happen or I I don't remember it happening. Um and yeah, gnomes are very good for that. But yeah, gnomes are not your point and shoot races. It's not like a half orc where he's big and muscly and 9 times out of 10 you're just going to give him a sword and hit things. But you could be I mean, you, yeah. could. you could be a gnome that's totally like that. Absolutely. That's the fun with it. Particularly, as you right. said earlier, Niall, with the new rules where you yeah. can make variants and then put your points where you want them now. Like I you can I'd really like to it. play a gnome if I was actually playing a gnome. Yeah. You know my, I mean? my friend plays a really funny barbarian gnome called But like, if I was Knock. literally playing the gnome. Like, yeah, yeah. there was a movie about me being a gnome. I'd think I'd be adding. Oh, yeah. It. No, yeah. I, I know exactly what you mean. I'd, I'd also like to be a gnome well, in a film. <laughs> you know. It can be f- like, like I was saying, my friend plays a gnome called Knock, who's Scot. He's got a Scottish accent. They come from the clan, uh, where they're all brothers and sisters, and they think they invented the wheel. And they and they sleep stark bollock naked, and they always have perfect hair and a perfect beard, and they just like mess it up, and then it's perfect. And that's their like, that's the thing, like. And they think they invented the wheel. Yeah, they think their family invented the wheel. Right. Like, so they walk around like. Yeah, we're the we're the wheel family. We're the we're the family that invented the wheel. You can thank us later. Now you've you've been very good and sat through me waffling on about sub races and getting distracted with SpongeBob films. So I'm going to very quickly talk about robot gnomes, or as they're called, auto gnomes. <laughs> now they're from the new book. It's called Spelljammer. Uh, have you ever seen Disney's Treasure Planet, no. where everything mm. looks like a 16th century sailing ship, but it's also in space? Yes. I yeah. knew that much, but I've not seen the film. Spelljammer is essentially here's how to play that in D and D. We'll be covering all the races in Spelljammer. So you soon. get space boats, and there are dragons that are also stars, like actual suns, and all sorts of cool things. And auto gnomes come under that. And in the world of Spelljammer, from what I've been able to gather, it's not been out long, so I've not had a chance to read much of it. Gnomes lived at some point in the Spelljammer universe. In space. And even like living on different planets, living in different areas, in that sort of convergent evolution way built robots of themselves and whilst gnomes aren't common auto gnomes have been left scattered throughout the galaxy just sort of doing their own thing um they are robot gnomes they are constructed out of different materials depending on who built them they also they usually resemble the person that built them so it's not uncommon to find a planet inhabited by auto gnomes several thousand of them all of which look like one particular gnome that lived few a few million years ago they're essentially robots. And there's another race called Warforged that we'll be going into when we touch on Eberron and really delve deep into the Eberron world. I keep knocking that over. You but son yeah. of a bitch! <laughs> but the short version for their sort of bonuses is they get a thing called Construct, where they don't need food, they don't need air, they don't need to sleep. Uh, meaning they're really good to just sort of robots. keep going without robots. worrying about rations. And things. Do they have they, to charge? They do have to power down to charge for ah. six hours every long rest. Basically the same then, isn't it? They're very cool. Um, they're very cool. <laughs> wow. they also get to pick any two tools two tools 
that they are proficient in straight away. So they can be armorers, they can be blacksmiths, they can be brewers, they could be calligraphers, anything you want. The idea is they were built initially with a job in mind, but they've been going for so long now that they've kind of broken their programming, but they still have that experience in there somewhere. Okay. It's super, so this is technically a completely different race. Yeah, they're not actual like, yeah. gnomes, they're but it's, robots. It's like they are they are built in the shape and size okay. of gnomes and meant to sort of be like it's it's it is very fun because it is like there are warforged and there are like literally robot humanoid regular they're, people they're like ai but gnomes. smaller yeah it's yeah. it's super cute okay. <laughs> I, I love them and they're like their last big draw as a race is that they have natural armor because they're made of metal when you're working out your armor class that's the number people need to roll to hit you with a sword or with an attack. Mm-hmm. You should know this. Yeah. Most of the time, we you haven't start... technically covered it. Uh, start at 10. Uh, we I technically have. Sheet. We, we what? I've seen your character sheet. Yes, Connie. Oh. Connie wasn't even I here wasn't for even that episode. Here for <laughs> Is that what you did it in the character sheet episode? Motherfucker. Okay. <laughs> I listened to it recently. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time, you start at 10 and add your dexterity unless you're wearing armor. Yeah. So if your dexterity gives you plus two, your armor class without any armor on is 12. For an auto-gnome, you start at 13 and add your dexterity. Mm. So an auto-gnome with plus two to dexterity would be 15 armor without wearing anything. Oh, right, okay. Chunky um, armor. So, which automatically makes it So you'd have to roll as the DM. Higher 16. Number. Or 15 or 16. 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. I can yeah. count. So 16 plus, or <laughs> if it was the other one, it'd only be a 13 or more. Right. Because your armor's only 12. So, and that can be, if you're a spellcaster that can't wear armor, if you're a wizard that can't wear armor because you don't know how to wear armor without tripping yourself up, then that can just give you that extra bit of defense oh, so no, that no. you're not just <laughs> dying all the time. Okay. Does that make sense? Yep. It's super cool. Um, they also get to add a D4 to one attack or save. Like, okay. they, this one is limited. This one is equal to their proficiency bonus every time they have a rest. But like, oh, I need to attack, but I, oh... You hit the guy on a 15, and I've rolled a 14. I've been told it doesn't hit. I know I only need to add one to that, so I'm going to spend my point and add a d4 on. I've now got a 16. I know it's hit because you hit on a 15. Right. That attack might be the difference between the guy going down or the guy killing me on his next activation. So again, like with the scribes... So so you don't know what what, what the enemies are. You're not supposed to. Only unless I tell you. Oh, right, okay. Some players will have read the like the monster manual where all the monster stats are kept back to front. And that's why I do a shit ton of homebrew. And they'll sit there and go, eh, it's all right, guys, you're going to need a 13 to hit this one. <laughs> and I'll be like, um, but this one has a shield. And it's or you'll a be like, shield. oh, but okay. this is from a lesser known subclass of null that live in the Arctic and therefore have thick polar skin, <laughs> uh, meaning their natural armor is 20. <laughs> meaning they're better than you, you die. Um, and in fact, this is a very sudden change that happens as you were speaking that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> As you were speaking, I decided this. But yeah, so right. that's that's gnomes, man. Gnomes, cool. That's all gnomes the gnomes are good. in the world. Like I said, to sum up, gnomes are usually really good fun. If you try and lean into the roleplay aspect of the gnome, you know, pick one of those four four ideas, trickster, ADHD, agent of chaos, or child of wonder, and just lean into agent it. Agent of chaos sounds really fun. Honestly, I'll, it I'll really is. That. Has just, anybody ever done all of them at once? Is that what you're planning to do? I like playing? the idea of multiple personality me. gnome. Yeah. Oh, oh, I hadn't oh, thought of it that so way. So the, the last thing about gnomes as well is whenever you're building a gnome, give them a nickname. In gnome society, your true name is very rarely known. Your nickname very, is very your like, gnome. gnome. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. 
Damn, I missed a joke. You did. But your nickname so is easy, absolutely well. your 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 moniker. It's what you go by in everything. Ooh. Right. That's that's gnome names. Real yeah. quick. Give us them. They they have they have like half a dozen or so. So you don't need okay. to just have one like middle name. Like you um, have a legal clan name. name and nickname. You can have like a bajillion if you want. That's like very gnomish. This is becoming, I'm, you have I'm a, legal a gnome. Name. I, like, I am a gnome. They're like Russian Russian novels. Every character yes. has like fifty names. <laughs> so um, one of my friends gave me an example of you have your legal name. That's yeah. that's what they have to put on any paperwork the society has. And then you have the name your family calls you, the name your friends call you, the name your partner calls you, the name society calls you, the name your work calls you, the name you call yourself, whether or not people use it, <laughs> and then the name that you give to Dragon. outsiders just in case you cause trouble and don't want to get caught. Jesus. Great. What a so, headache. Male names are such as Alston, Alvin, Bodynock, Brock, Burgel, Dimble, Eldon, Erky, Fonkin, Frug, Gerbo, Gimble, Glim, Jedabo, Kellen, Namfoodle, Oren, Runda, um, Simvo, Sindri, Warren, Wen, or Zook. And female names are Bimp Potanin, Brina, Karamip, Carlin, Donnell, Duvali, Ella, Ellie Jobel, Ellie Wick, Lily, Loop Mottin, Lorilla, Mardnap, Nissa, Nix, Order, Orla, Rome. you give us like five <laughs> i'm enjoying these clan names are like family names and also those names are all for one person <laughs> <laughs> that is one name yeah. yeah clan names are like baron daigle Fokar, garrick knackle mergin ningle so they've got like quite fun sounds mm. to them as well and then nicknames are names like badger cloak double lock flinch batter fripper dances with wolves you Pop, you actually absolutely gem, could stumble play. duck you could play an overweight Stumbled gnome up. from a family historically that is overweight that is also always certain and arrogant and call him Jiggle Jiggle Faux Show. <laughs> like, there is absolutely no limit to gnome names. And there's no pattern. <laughs> you could call him Slim Jim. A wiggle Wiggle. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. And that can be his like song that he like, walks to. Slim Jim that does Wiggle Wiggle. <laughs> My gnome don't, don't Jiggle Jiggle Faux <laughs> <for> Show. <laughs> Wonderful, wonderful. Well, guys, do <laughs> we feel that. like we've learned something? Not one bit. Oh. Hell no. Great. Can we play now, Niall? No, no. As you've pointed out Fucking so graciously, hell. we've still got classes to do. Oh. And I've not taught you anything. Thank you very much for being on the podcast, Matt. God no worries, Matt. I absolutely love being here. It's always a good time. Yes, thank you for coming. Thanks, Matt. We'll probably have you back soon for some more races. Ginassi, you yeah. said you wanted to do. I'd love you? to do Ginassi. I'd love to do Goblins. Uh, um, somebody's called Goblin, unfortunately. I knew you would say that. Yeah. Because Ginassi is much easier to do than Gnomes because there's just four of them. <laughs> Great. Sounds like my podcast. I'll be there for that. Like, one. Well, we might even yeah. be able to squeeze in another race while we do it. That's that's how confident I am about Genasi. No, we'll just be doing the Genasi. Because I like it. Alright. I've been Niall. I've been Jordan. <laughs> I've been Matt. I've been Connie. And thanks for listening. Mr. Krabs. Mr. Krabs. Mr. Krabs. Mr. Krabs. Mr. Krabs, Mr. Krabs, Mr. Krabs, Mr. Krabs. Thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed, please leave a review. It really helps. A big thank you to our editor, Jack Sinclair. And if you'd like to check out any of our cool merchandise, head over to littlelionslayer.co.uk, where Julia, our resident smithy, has all our products up for sale. Our next episode will be released on the 5th of December. Until then, brave adventurers. Boop, boop.